0: Hello, and welcome to the second series of Our House, a podcast all about community. My name is Helen New, and over the next 10 episodes, I'm going to be chatting to residents, partners, and staff of social landlord East End Homes. We find out how community inspires, motivates change, and brings people together. There's some really lovely conversations with fascinating people living and working in the London Borough of Tower Hamlets. So if you're interested in people and place, why not have a listen and join the Our House community? In this episode of Our House, we're talking to one of East End Homes partners and also a sponsor of this podcast. It's Community Fibre the broadband provider that's focused on creating fast, effective broadband for Londoners at an affordable price. They're also doing some really great work in helping people who are not IT savvy get digitally comfortable. They've been winning quite a few awards along the way for this work. So let's dive in and find out more. Hello and welcome to our house. Today we're with our sponsors, Community Fibre and we're delighted to have Charlotte Warner with us. Hi Charlotte, how are you doing?
1: Hi, I'm very well thanks, how are you?
0: Great, it's absolutely beautiful today in it's, East London.
1: It's stunning, like it's a typical London spring day.
0: So pleased you're here. Can you tell us a little bit about Community Fibre, your organisation and your aims to bring better broadband to Londoners?
1: We're London's fastest 100% full fibre broadband provider. One of our main aims at the moment is We are future-proofing London communities by delivering 100% full-fibre broadband. One of our main missions is that we believe in a more inclusive future where everyone has access to better broadband. We hope to achieve this by providing fairly priced and fast broadband service that people can rely on.
0: So a fair-priced, fast broadband service that makes things just way more accessible for people.
1: Agree, and it's not just residents that we support now, we've also got our business service as well, so we're not just supporting local residents, we're also supporting local businesses as well.
0: So I imagine there's, are they small businesses, big businesses, corporates, Uh, is it the whole gauntlet of?
1: It's the whole (laughs) gauntlet if I'm honest. It can range from your kind of local shops on the high street up to larger businesses as well.
0: And so how old are you? You're a relatively new organisation.
1: Yeah, so we started, don't quote me on the dates. Um I believe we, we started about nine years ago.
0: I know your focus has always been London and really getting London's broadband to an efficient, effective speed. And how many boroughs are you operating in now?
1: So our network coverage extends to 26 London boroughs, which vary from Westminster to over here in Tower Hamlets. We've also got a few of the northern boroughs, so like Barnet, Brent as well as some of the southern boroughs. Most recently, we've signed up Kingston, upon Thames, as well as Sutton, Croydon.
0: Everyone always assumes that London has the fastest, highly effective broadband as a capital city of commerce, yes. but actually, in some areas, the broadband is pretty low and not that good at all. So within 13 years, you've done pretty well to get across those boroughs and making sure everyone has got access yeah, to decent stuff.
1: And that's then reflected in our new target which we set at the start of this year with our plan is that we now would like to pass two point two million homes and businesses by the end of twenty twenty four, which is almost kind of a double of our original target that was set a few years ago. Fantastic. that's so there's exciting kind of yeah. years ahead for
0: us. And a huge part of your work, it's the as you said, the clues in the name, Community Fibre, yeah. is community can you tell us a little bit about that and the work that you do as well as the physical in putting in the brand new broadband for people but the work you do to make people familiar with the digital world
1: one of our main missions is that at community fiber we want to empower disadvantaged communities to help them get connected with friends and family as well as like vital online services since 2020 with this global pandemic there has been a major shift from everything to go online which has then made it more apparent that there is a digital and social divide within London which actually when you think about it is quite upsetting because like you said London is a major e-commerce hub it is one of the largest global cities in the world and yet there is still pockets within London where there is bad connectivity and we want to bridge that divide because we don't want people missing out and we don't want anyone to be kind of left behind as the world transitions into more of a digital world
0: and you've always had that ethos, haven't you? So you've, you've been doing work to work alongside communities where people might not be familiar with broadband or a bit daunted by the whole digital world. Can you tell us a little bit more about your digital ambassadors?
1: So as, as kind of part, of part of the work that we do, we have what I call our community investment programme, which is split into two sections. So this is our digital ambassador programme, as well as that we offer um, a free 1000 megabit connection to community spaces across the communities we serve
0: a bit like the one we're in here today <laughs> exactly
1: so quickly touch on the community centers so we've to date we've connected over 200 community spaces across london these vary from community centers like the one that we're in now to local libraries to adult learning centers as well as sheltered accommodation blocks with local authorities as well but the main element of our community investment program is our digital ambassador program. Just to put it simply, we will work with members of the local community. We will train them to be qualified digital ambassadors and they will then help local residents with all aspects of being online and
0: digitally empowered. So I guess you're training up people that are already known in the community a friendly face that's likely to be in a community centre or a library are there specific classes that people be invited to come along to or is it just the fact that they're there and they have a chat
1: we've kind of split it into two segments because of again I'm going to touch on the pandemic that there has been a shift from actually doing in-face sessions so we do a mixture of virtual and um, in-person sessions so the in-person sessions would be Depending on what the agreement is, we can do local library sessions, so where we will have a digital ambassador go down to a local library, be based there for an hour, two hours, three hours of their day, where they will then have essentially a digital drop-in session so members of the community can either pre-book appointments with the local library or just drop in, just walk in and just ask any questions they do have. We also do tailored virtual. Sessions as well. So where we will again, if we do receive the request, we can do online virtual sessions work, which are done over video conference. Where we will go through whatever queries they have, whether it is something as simple as helping them complete their Universal Credit application. We've also noticed within the past year that there's a lot more of the like landlords have moved their property repairs and their property portals online so actually Mm -hmm. quite a few people are missing out on that as well as like just simple advice on how to use their device how to upload facebook how to set up a facebook account because again what the pandemic has taught us is actually keeping people in contact with their loved ones friends and family just because it, it was quite a nice lighting time for some people
0: so there's a whole range of information and whole ways of helping people and getting them just a little bit more digitally comfortable I guess because if you've never had a smartphone before it could be quite overwhelming couldn't it
1: so I've actually over the long weekend spent some time with my own grandmother teaching her how to use her smartphone for the first time and yeah it's one of those things that you do need a lot of patience but it is some things that you do take for granted it's something as simple like with my own grandmother because everything all phones now are touchscreen all tablets are now touchscreen but she's struggling with putting the right amount of pressure yeah. to act. But it's simple things like that that you and I would take for take for advantage.
0: And I was reading about one of your digital ambassadors, Peter, and I think he's in his, I'd probably say, 60s, but he clearly gets a lot out of his role. Would you think, do you think that's fair to say?
1: Yeah. Um, Peter's one of our... He's... <laughs> he's a hero. <laughs> he's incredible. I've been fortunate enough to meet him a couple oh, of times. Great. And... Even just meeting him, like he's even like his manner around, like he's a very approachable gentleman as well. And I think that's some things that I think naturally, if you're an old individual, you don't naturally want to speak to, say, someone who's a bit younger because you're like, they might not really necessarily get what I'm struggling with. But because he's a an older gentleman, though, he's more kind of forthcoming, he's more approachable, he does know kind of the hurdles and takes them through but he says he's incredible and he's I think from one of our recent case studies I think we asked him the question is like if you were thinking to become a digital ambassador what were the reasons to do it? And to quote him I think he said, just do it. It's a fantastic experience and you get so much
0: from it. Oh. So if anyone's interested in being a digital ambassador out there, then do get involved. And you can do that, can't you, by visiting your website. I think that's right. If
1: you go to our Community Connect page, you can then register your interest, find out more information, and join one of our monthly recruitment webinars.
0: So I think we've touched on this a little bit, but I just want to dig a bit deeper in that after COVID... I don't think any one of us that used broadband before then can imagine a world without broadband. But for those people that don't have access, what are some of the challenges, less obvious challenges, that the rest of us might not even consider?
1: I think the main one that we've realised is, like, when schools shut, that everything from homeschooling, and even in the sense of, like, we all probably thought we had a semi-decent internet connection at home, but as soon as, say if there was two or three more people working doing video calls it just slowed everything down probably within the last 12 months with the shift now with the covid app right now that everything in terms of when you had to do the track and trace you had to have an app to scan
0: yeah of people course. were
1: asking questions about that as well as simple things with booking vaccines everyone got a text message or a notification to book a vaccine or you got your letter in the post saying visit this website or call this number to book a vaccine we've had a lot of questions about that as well again with the pandemic and people not kind of going out as much or been actually told they need to shield but actually getting them comfortable doing online shopping yeah booking grocery sh- um deliveries to the house arranging for say their local pharmacy to drop off their medication is bits like that that we've adapted our trading program to cover that as well, as well as getting people comfortable using their smartphone or devices to do video calls with their family, signing up to social media sites like Facebook, getting WhatsApp sent up to them, and educating people about the fake news as well. That's yep.
0: scams. Exactly. Yeah, forward. Okay. So what I'm finding really interesting here is when you think broadband provider, I think just purely of the provision of that broadband, hopefully a f- fast, efficient mm. speed coming to my house. But what you're telling me about Community Fibre is, yes, you do that and you do it at a rate that's affordable. But you're also helping people get digitally mobile. You're listening to their concerns. You've touched on universal credit, the issues about downloading mm. an app on your phone for covid vaccination stuff that a lot of people don't think so you're you really are looking at the bigger picture around digital agree and you're a relatively new company but you're award-winning what is it about the community fiber ethos that attracted you and others there
1: i think from my own personal kind of experience i spent many years many years working in estate agencies and so i just wanted that kind of change to something it was a little bit more meaningful and that's when I came across community fiber that it is not just a broadband provider it does a lot more in supporting communities and that's something that I picked up on especially in the pandemic probably relating back to my own kind of grandmother's experience that there are so many people out there who are being left behind because they're not digitally aware or they're actually some of them have the mindset where they're too scared it's like if i get this if i get internet into my house this means it's going to open a can of worms in terms of spams like yeah. scams spam emails everything so it's breaking that down and also again i know we touched on it earlier but i think especially because community fiber is london based we all take for granted that we assume london is a kind of connected city but there are pockets where we can really make a difference and we actually have made a difference with local communities, and empowering them to become more digitally aware.
0: And that must be quite rewarding.
1: It's, it's extremely rewarding. I think it was at the start of this year I went to one of our library sessions in Westminster and I just sat there and kind of got in amongst everything, just seeing how the sessions are run and it was incredible. There was this one gentleman, he came in completely like flustered, didn't know what he was doing, He'd been given a new phone for Christmas. I think we've all probably know that sometimes when we're teaching our own family members that we they can get frustrated, we can get frustrated. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> just because we've got that level where we're a bit more comfortable and it's that natural you're just like why are you not understanding this? But I think when you approach like an individual that you don't know, that you're not familiar with, that you're more comfortable asking the question and this one guy was with one of our digital ambassadors for the whole two hours and he set him up with his phone, did the phone update, because that's again something I think we all take for granted is actually with smartphones, because they're so smart, they need regular updates, which can be quite a scary thing because you sit there and you were always prompted, like make sure everything's backed up and you don't want to lose anything, but kind of taking him through that, getting him set up with an email account, then setting him up with WhatsApp so he could keep in contact with his um, family abroad.
0: So to see that development, to see that person who's clearly able, you know, yeah. it just frustrated like I'm a bit and a bit concerned, yeah. and to have that time to work for it all has set them up now yeah. really, and we've t- we've talked a little bit about older people getting their heads around digital, but I know that this this isn't age exclusive. There's a, what other kind of people do you see within your um, workshops and training that need a bit more support to get digitally?
1: It's literally a wide range of people. Uh, We can get single mums who are struggling to get connected, like with homework, assisting with that, as well as just, it's just a wide mix of individuals.
0: So I think what you're saying is it can impact upon everybody and you're doing all you can to just help everyone to get up to speed in the areas of work. Yeah, Um, and again,
1: I think some of the feedback that we've got from our digital ambassadors following these learner sessions, it can be sometimes individuals who have used, say, an Apple phone have used an iphone for years and years and then just decided actually switching over to an android phone which is completely different operating system yeah so kind of having <laughs> getting their head around that as well as switching on a laptop is sometimes like getting an update through on a laptop like say if you haven't switched it on for a few months that'd be quite daunting as well as just getting your head around just certain programs as well and software so i think we've also partnered with the Good Things Foundation okay so on our website we have over a hundred courses that anyone can access So you can access them on our website now you don't need to be part of our program anyone from wherever you are based can just go in complete these courses and they can vary from your essential online basics until kind of more complex software um, systems like Canva which I know is a program essentially it's like Adobe InDesign which has really taken off just as TikTok and Instagram have become quite popular social media channels that you can use this to create your own kind of branding, your photos.
0: But that's brilliant, because you mentioned earlier about how you now are supporting, you started off residents, but you've got a business focus. So if you're a small business and you don't have an in-house social media support, but you wanted to get your head around Canva, you've got completely free tutorials available on your website for anybody to check in and have a little look, yeah. Yeah,
1: You can just go on, um, it's, it's on our digital skills portal, so there's a range of courses. Again, probably even introduction to social media, I think there's some even some courses on Google as well, so it's Ooh. all kind of available there.
0: We're here today because of your partnership with social landlord East End Homes. Can you tell us a little bit more about other people you work with?
1: Yes, yeah, so East End Homes is one of our landlords that we work quite closely with the rollout of our network in the borough of Tower Hamlets. We also work with 200 of London's largest landlords across the capital as well.
0: So you've basically got a really good network of landlords across London that you're working with.
1: Yeah, these can vary from housing associations to local authorities to new build developers as well as kind of smaller niche um, management agencies as well.
0: During COVID, you guys won quite a few awards for your proactive approach and working in partnership with housing associations and clearly leading the way and saying, look, there are weaknesses here and we want to build. So hopefully other organisations have looked at you and your approach and are learning from that as well. You've spoken really passionately about your digital ambassadors and, and sitting in and seeing their work. Is there anything you think you've learned as an individual and as an organisation from them?
1: The main thing that I've kind of learned personally it's just having patience and kind of being being kind of personal and approachable but actually having the patience not taking things for granted and just understanding that not everyone is up to speed as what we are when it comes to digital life yeah it's just one of those main takeaways I would say it's just understanding that everyone's needs is slightly different as well
0: and do they help shade because you've got this suite of information available for people on the website do they help shape your thinking as to how you're going to develop your offer your education offer moving yes, forward yes yeah.
1: 100 like there's opportunities that i'm currently exploring of ways that we can further enhance our program as well going forward as we go into like the tail end of 2022 into 2023 there's like a lot of opportunities that we can do and look to explore whether it is maybe looking into a younger digital ambassador program where it focuses more on say the younger generation getting them aware from an early age.
0: Getting people equipped and ready for the working world. Yeah Yeah. and I'm sure most of the young people that I've spoken to are are so skilled in that area that they really will be a two-way process. I know community investment is a huge part of what you do is we've touched on all the extra work you're doing around digital ambassadors, free education programs on your website, and the proactive work you're doing to support business and, and communities—is there anything else that you'd like to say, more generally, about community investment and your ambitions for the future? There.
1: Well, I think the kind of main thing is that we're just going to just keep enhancing what we're already doing because we know it, it's worked well. Yeah, it's working incredibly well. Like the work that we do within the communities is imperative like we've seen it happen we've seen the changes and we just want to keep going and break that digital divide across london and just carry on what building doing. on your success yeah, building on our success enhancing the program further so bringing in kind of new ideas supporting new quests
0: we always End our podcast by asking our guests if you could choose a piece of music that sums up community or, in your case, community fiber and the organizations you work with, what would it be? Is there one that springs to mind?
1: I think because London is such a large city and the communities that we support are so different, I wouldn't say there's kind of one piece in particular, but I think the only piece of music that's come into my mind now but I don't know if it's because we're in the middle of spring yeah but is is like spring piece I think it is there is There isn't one piece that I could like kind of name just because each community is so different and I wouldn't want to kind of isolate
0: anyone by saying something in particular that's totally fair enough mm. I completely understand that. that's a very good answer it is absolutely beautiful day here it's blue skies spring is in the air blossom is out what is it about that piece of music that connects with you and makes you think of community, the one that you've just mentioned?
1: I think it's just, when you think of spring, and then even when you hear the piece of music, it's all about being together. So it is about bringing local communities together and individuals together with like friends and family, just being like one.
0: I think that pretty much sums up what you're trying yeah. to achieve. And it also reflects the kind of obstacles and barriers that people had to overcome during COVID to, connect so thank you so much for talking to us today we really appreciated finding out more about community fiber and all the on the ground work you're doing to make digital more accessible to everyone thank you so much to it's been great to find out about your work your ambitions for london and also the role of the digital ambassador in helping us all to get a little bit more digitally savvy we hope you've enjoyed this episode of Our House. It's been presented by me, Helen New, produced by Michaela Tranfield, and is a series for Social Landlord East End Homes. See you next time.
1: Mother's time, she needs a rest. The kids are playing up there.